Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being here. Today, we're honored to have Amanda Edwards. Amanda Edwards is... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Running for uh, in the 18th Congressional District here in Texas. She is up against incumbent Sheila Lee Jackson. And she's going to speak to us about why it is time for a change, why it is time for her to take the reins of the 18th Congressional District. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, Good morning, Amanda. First of all, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. And thank you so much for extending this platform for me to be able to talk about our message of delivering the change that people are looking for and deserve in our our community. Uh, For those that are not familiar, um, I, I was born, raised, educated in the 18th Congressional District. Um, And to me, what happens here is very personal. Uh, My family's been here for generations and it's important that we get it right. Um, And I think we have seen so much dysfunction coming out of Washington. Uh, People are very fed up with the status quo and they want different results. And so sometimes if you are gonna get something different, you're gonna have to do something different. And that means in this election, election cycle voting differently. We've had the same leadership for the past 30 years. And, you know, it's time to start innovating, bringing a fresh perspective, new ideas, a new approach, new solutions to some of the lingering challenges that we face. And at the very same time, it's also needed that we have a proactive vision for this community, meaning how do we create an 18th congressional district, a broader Houston community, a broader regional community, a broader community as a whole that in which everybody in it can have the opportunity not just to be there or get by there. We want them to thrive in it. And that's a proactive agenda that involves policy solutions, that involves us really um, diving deeply into systems change that is needed. Uh, We've got quite a bit of quite a few systems that don't work very well for us. And somehow we just continue to work through those systems as opposed to reinvent or reimagine what they ought to be and create that. Um, And that's what I'm here to do. I'm very excited about using all of the elements of the of the platform of the 18th Congressional District, meaning advocacy, meaning showing up in the district, meaning constituents response, but also meaning driving policy. And that's been something where we have not seen a lot of policy coming out of the 18th Congressional District under the current leadership. And and that's going to be a a stark contrast with me. Now, whenever uh, you're you're asking your constituents in the 18th District to to make a choice, uh, let me first point out that I think it is important that we've we constantly get new blood into a system. That's how you get something churning. But at the same time as well, what has, in fact, I think uh, for the most part, the Democratic Party 
has an issue with uh, keeping it youthful uh, issue with, uh, I mean, and that's from the president all the way down. Uh, is is that the only option that we have? But then again, you're asking the constituents to create a balance. Here's the question. Seniority, somebody with experience, somebody new with new ideas. There must be a balance there in the minds of people. What are What's your message intent on telling them, yes, seniority is important, but also we need to look at new innovations. We need to look at keeping our pumps primed. Great question. Um, and it's a ripe question. Um, you know, I get that question quite often. And the truth of the matter is, what are, you know, it, it has to be about having the right solutions and the right approach um, in order to get the right outcomes. And right now, what good is the seniority if that's not being applied in a manner that gets you the outcomes that you need and deserve? That's the point. You need a different take. You know, I'm talking about systems change. I don't hear that coming out of, you know, uh, the agenda of the current current office holder in, in terms of systems change and, and the things that are broken. Yes, we can both identify problems, but the way to go about solving them are very different. One, of course, in my realm will lead to the results. And so, yes, there are benefits for having seniority, but you, you got to actually be using the seniority to uh, achieve the results. And so if people are satisfied with where we are, then by all means, continue and stick with what you've done. But if you are someone who is dissatisfied, you've got to look at something different. Otherwise, I mean, there there is, you know, you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And that's is that the precisely insanity, I think. Right. Is that, that, <laughs> I think that's what it's... So. But that's precisely the phenomenon. And you can use the argument, oh, well, I have seniority, but what good has the, you know, what has the seniority resulted in in your life? Has it led to the transformative changes that you're looking for? I go on the doorsteps. I'm listening to residents. That's what they want. When I was on city council, so just a little bit about my background, I came back home to Houston. I graduated from Eisenhower, went to Emory, went to Harvard, came back home, practiced law as a public finance attorney, got very involved civically in the community, and then um, started to really um, uh, get involved in public service by way of, of city council. And I became one of the at-large city council members. And when I became one of the city, city council members at large, Harvey happened. And of course, you know, just like I do, what the $125 billion of damage can do um, and what 51 inches of rainfall can be. And so uh, when that happened, I remember getting a call to go check on some of our seniors. And I learned that a number of our lower income seniors they were cleaning up the house, but they were not getting those walls that had been sold by the floodwater removed from the homes. And that means you're going to get mold. So we mobilized hundreds of volunteers, started going door to door. And the first thing that would happen is when I'd step foot on those doorsteps, they'd say, what are you doing here? And I'd say, I'm your city council member. I'm here to help. And then they'd say, but wait a minute, are you up for re-election already? <laughs> hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And they would be so puzzled that I was standing on their doorstep and it wasn't election season and anything. I was just there to do my job. Job. But we've conditioned people to believe that the only time we're going to stand up or st- be present for them is when we need something from them as opposed to be there to deposit in their lives. And so we've got a, a major shift needed to show up and deliver the results. I think that delivering part is the piece that is missing right now. Uh, people can feel alignment with someone or familiarity with someone, but you got to deliver for them because that's what they're sending you in office to do. So you got, like I said, you know, you know, I can't say that seniority doesn't matter because obviously it does have some impact, but you've got to ask the question, what is the seniority being used to do? And am I satisfied with the the resulting change or, or not? And you've got to answer that question when you, you cast your ballot. I've got a track record of delivering. Um, I have a track record of being able to work in difficult, difficult environments and deliver what people don't expect. And that's, you know, what I'm running on is, is the ability to deliver results in a new way, in a different way. Why are we sending, you know, it's just systems that don't even make sense, right? With infrastructure investment, how it works, it doesn't make sense. Why are we sending dollars over to GLO to decide how flood mitigation dollars get distributed for Houston. That's a federal issue in terms of how the dollars flow, right? And and yet and still everybody says, oh, this is not my fault. This is that agency, that agency or that group. But the system was designed, uh, you know, with flaws in the first place. And that came from the feds. So we have to take a step back, take some ownership, fix it, and do right by our people. And you need sometimes a fresh, you know, on this leg of the relay, you need a, you know, fresh perspective, a fresh pair of eyes. We're looking at this stuff for the same, you know, same stuff for 30 years. It may not be, you know, you don't, you don't may not see it with a, a different innovative approach. No, I think you're a bit, I read your bio and I think you're a bit humble in, in the amount of grassroots you've done. I've read about some of the stuff you've done in New Orleans with Katrina and these other things. So I'm, um, uh, I think people will appreciate that we have people doing grassroots work. Um, as a grassroots activist myself, that is one of the things that um, that I find more impressive. Now, you'll be one of 435 people. That means that if you want to get something done, you have to have the ability to talk to people, to convince people to see things your way to also have some trust in you. And um, right now we have a, a whole lot of young candidates, young representatives now. I mean, I, I'm enthralled with, let's say, uh, Maxwell from Florida, Ocasio-Cortez from uh, New York. Uh, we also have Ilan Omar and um, uh, the, the teacher in New York, I can, Bowman, in, and uh, that are really agents of change. And I don't mean crazy change. I mean, real change. Will you go there and try to establish yourself as a team to try to get things done uh, in in a manner that actually helps the people needing help and not just those, the big fat cats with the big cash? Yeah, you've got to, you know, I I think we have something on our materials placing 
people over politics. And that's very important to me. Um, I come from very, uh, you know, humble roots. Um, my grandfather was a longshoreman. Um, my uncles used to have a, a C, the CNL shoe shop on Lyons Avenue, just hardworking people. Um, and I know how important it is and how much uh, the community depends on us not to forget about them and not to trade their interests off. And so that is something that is personal to me as well um, and something I'm committed to doing um, and excited to do. I want to see the look on everybody's face when you deliver the things that we were talking about on the campaign and, and be able to say, remember when we were saying this? It's here. And, and that, to me, is what government should be able to do when it's functional. But right now we have a very dysfunctional government and we're not delivering very much at all. In fact, we just kind of play this game of who can secure power and who can, you know, thwart the other guy in our pursuit for power. You know, it's 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 a weird game where the impact to the community is secondary to the desire to retain or claim power. And I understand why people need the power, right? Because that's how you get things done. It's the gas and the tank. But at the same time, it's so all or nothing in this moment that, that there's no semblance of, of of compromise. I think we have got to get there in order to deliver for our, our residents and our communities. What uh, what issues are you going to Washington to fight for? In other words, not just platitudes. What are you going to go and try to get delivered to not only the 18th Congressional District, but to the America as a whole? Yeah. So, you know, um, when I was growing up, my dad was very ill with something called multiple myeloma, which is a very aggressive form of cancer. Um, and he got diagnosed when I was 10 and he died when I was 17. Oh. Um, but it was through that journey that I witnessed him have that I really learned what our U.S. healthcare system was or wasn't by way of me asking my father a lot of questions like what happens if this insurance stuff doesn't support or take care of what you need in terms of his life saving treatments? And my dad's answers would be just terrible. He would say, well, we just have to figure out something else out. And I just did not at the time think that that was the right answer. I thought the right answer was that we actually have systems that work for people and their families and that they don't have to worry if something is going to cost them their lives because they get rejected by the insurance company or something like that. And that's not the system we have. And so at an early age, I really began to appreciate that these public offices, policy, law, all of this is about way more than just politics. It's about people's lives that hang in a balance every single day. And they're hanging in there in midst the decisions that we make or choose not to make. And uh, the measures we pass or fail to pass. And that gives me a very keen sense of urgency about what's needed in our community and really gives me that focus on the people over the politics because they're counting on us. Their lives are in the balance. And so it, it is, it's something that I, I think about. So when I am going to Washington, you know, obviously healthcare 
is a major issue in my mind. We've got to fix the Affordable Care Act right now. We still have millions of people, although they have insurance, um, they're underinsured right now. And, and it's not just the Medicaid expansion, it's Medicaid expansion for states like Texas and more. We have a, a system that's not quite set up well enough yet. And it was never intended to start and end where it started and ended, but it got very political Uh, Very political, very fast. If you remember all the lawsuits that got thrown out, I mean, thrown about um, from the Republicans and it was very hot. And I understand why it had a chilling effect on dealing with this issue, but it still needs to be addressed. Economic opportunity is something else that's a priority of mine. Um, And when I say that, I'm looking at it from the lens also, not just from the end game, but how do you get there. So education, what these barriers are for these students accessing higher education is absurd. I mean, it is just absurd. It's so difficult expense wise. And we've got to tackle that. But separate from that, we also have to tackle what's happening once you do get your education. And once you do start earning a living, what about entrepreneurs? And, you know, we've got great disparities in our area, specifically our, for entrepreneurs of color, women own, women own small businesses as well. Um, they face huge disparities when it comes to accessing capital, scaling their businesses. Um, traditional bank loans are not readily available to them. We could be moving dollars as the federal government into the hands of those lending institutions that will lend at greater rates to those sorts of businesses known as CDFIs. These are things that can be done from a policy level that can be game-changing on the ground if we bring those innovative ideas new approaches to the table. We saw it work when the PPP loans were distributed. You remember Shake Shack got 10 million, uh, but mom and pop had to shut down because they didn't have those pre-existing banking relationships. Okay. So just going with the big, big guys in the banks aren't going to get you to equitable outcomes necessarily, right? So how do we get to an equitable outcome? I remember when I started the work around city, the city's task force, I started the city's task force for women and minority small business owners. And we were talking about how Houston is the most diverse city in the nation. And I said, well, we might be the most diverse city in the nation, but what good is it if we're not resolving the challenges that our diverse communities face? That is the point of equity, right? And that's what we need to be focusing on. And I know there's a huge resistance right now. There are lawsuits all over the country trying to tear down DEI efforts, diversity, equity, inclusion efforts, trying to dismantle. I mean, we've had the affirmative action reversal. We've had so much, you know, in recent years, just, you know, taking away opportunity as opposed to Uh, providing it. And my goal is to restore opportunity, enhance it, increase it, um, and really elevate us in a way that everybody in our community, no matter where they live, no matter what their background, will have the opportunity to thrive. So I I really appreciate you letting me have this platform to share that. In politics, um, there are many stakeholders. Uh, Yes, businesses are stakeholders and definitely a part, uh, but the citizenry your your constituents should be stakeholders as well. They are those stakeholders that many a times 
get the least attention. There are a lot of um, activists in the field right now seeking to find out exactly what uh, what the constituency uh, needs, wants. You you gave the the that story of your father. Sorry to hear about your father. It's been some time now, but you understand uh, the insur- the health insurance mechanism here in the United States. Will you be open, not necessarily commit yourself to anything specific, but will you be open to science-based uh, Medicare change, not Medicare changes, but changes in our healthcare system that mathematically works much better than the arcane system that we have right now uh, with, uh, with with a Frankenstein system of insurance companies and providers, et cetera. Yeah, we, I'm open to many, all, all concepts that are going to bring people the, the results. And so I, I believe that we've got to look at ways to get there today because people can't wait for us to debate for five, six, seven, eight years. And we've got to also position ourselves to um, have some long-term answers. So I think there are short-term and long-term approaches that need to be taken. I also, it was a slip of the tongue, but I'm going to, I'm glad that you had Medicare, you kind of mentioned Medicare there because we got some problems right now with our seniors who are low income and fixed and have fixed incomes. The costs of Medicare right now for them are going up. And we've got to really, really take care of our most vulnerable. And so you can't have these costs going up and not providing them access to the resources to support themselves in order to pay for these increases. We cannot pass those costs on to our seniors in that way. That's just wrong. Um, And it's happening. So, yes, absolutely will be open to um, finding ways that we can get more people access to the, to the coverage that they need. And so absolutely. Yes. And I will just say in closing, you know, as I mentioned, my father's situation, a lot of the times, you know, we've got some work done. I've talked to residents about them rationing, you know, especially these seniors on fixed income, trying to ration their drugs, trying to figure out, oh, well, maybe I'll just take one pill instead of two. Now, I know the Inflation Reduction Act did address some of that, but it's not all of it. And we've got to get to uh, a space and place where seniors are not having to choose between prescription drugs and or their food or following the proper uh, prescription because they're not able to afford to do so. And that's just not right. Right. So we, we've got a we've got a lot of systems change that is needed. And yes, like I said, they are there's some of that in the IRA, but it, it it's not exhaustive. And for our seniors, when I mean, for our seniors and all people, really, we we've got to create better systems. One last question, and that it has to do uh, with many of the people, your own constituents, a lot of older people, there's this thing called Medicare Advantage that's been advertised and over-advertised to them that many a times causes them a whole lot of problems and costs cost the federal government much more than traditional Medicare. We need somebody in Congress who would fight against these particular groups that are pretty much using, are, are predatory on our older folks with giving them some free groceries here and transportation here into uh, marginalizing exactly what uh, traditional Medicare would otherwise offer them. Will you be going out there to ensure that they are no longer taken advantage of? We cannot in any way take advantage of our seniors. We cannot be putting our seniors in harm's way. And that is what our current system allows. Our current system allows our seniors to, I literally have this conversation probably every other week 
with somebody talking to me about what's happening, the stress that they are enduring because of increased costs, because of, you know, I can name a long list of things. And we have not taken real effort to resolve that. I mean, we're just kind of watching our seniors suffer. And I've worked with, I remember working with a senior once that said that it had to go to the hospital and I was helping him with rebuilding his home. And I remember him saying to me at the, in the hospital, he said, they feed me too much. And I said, what? And wasn't expecting him to say that. And he said, they're feeding me too much. I mean, what? I said, what do you mean? And he said, when I get up, they feed me, you know, during the middle of the day, they're feeding me before I go to bed, they're feeding me. And it was just such a um, sad and striking uh, and compelling statement for him to have made because I knew how much he made off of his Social Security benefit. He did not have other income it was, you know, twenty thousand dollars a year. And I also understood that when you have $20,000 a year to your name, um, that that means you probably don't eat three times a day. And it just, it broke my heart to hear that. And he had just grown accustomed to his, you know, one meal a day or whatever he was doing, you know, to, to make it all work. And he had grown accustomed to that. And and it, we can't have our seniors living like that. He was 84 years old. He was 85 when he passed. We can't have our seniors living like that. And we do. And we allow it. And we turn a blind eye. And I won't. So uh, that is my commitment. Amanda, there's a lot more I'd love to ask you, but we don't have the time. So why don't you go ahead and give me a quick closer? And, yes. Well, as I stated, uh, I am very excited about this campaign and this opportunity to serve. We have been endorsed by numerous entities ranging from Brady Pack to uh, Houston, uh, the Harris County Young Dems to uh, Texas Coalition of Black Democrats, all organizations in between, as well as leaders like Commissioner Leslie Briones and Congress, former congressman of the 18th Congressional District, Craig Washington. We've had quite a bit of support amassed for us because people are ready and know that it's time for change. The seat doesn't belong to me or anyone else who is vying for this seat. It belongs to the people of the 18th Congressional District, and it is up to you to determine when it's time, how it's time to have the change that you're looking for and deserve. And so I encourage you, go early vote. That starts on the 20th of February until March the 1st. Make sure you vote early. But if you want to wait until Election Day, that is going to be March 5th. You can go online and, and find ways to volunteer on our website, www.edwardsforhouston.com. And you can also visit us on our social media platforms. Twitter, AK Edwards TX, or Amanda K. Edwards TX on Facebook and Instagram. I really want you to get involved because this politics of ours, this, this world of ours, it's not a spectator sport. It's for you to get engaged. If you want your voice heard, you got to go out and vote. You want different results, you're going to have to do something different. And we're excited about it. We think that we've got the community behind us, um, they're ready. And so it's just a matter of getting folk out and participating so that their voice can be reflected in the votes. And of course, then the different results you'll get as a result. So 
I'm very grateful for the, the support we've extend, we've been extended to date and just encourage you to make sure you go vote, vote by mail. Um, if for those that are seeking applications there, you can visit harrisvotes.com to get more information about that, your early voting locations, your polling day locations, all of those things are all, all available there. Um, great resource, but just make sure you go vote. Amanda Edwards. Democratic candidate in the 18th Congressional District in Texas. Thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. Thank you so much. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.